listen, at the end of the day, if you like, if you sleep better having your house paid off and like, you know, the math, like I, I still feel obligated to share with you. But if at the end of the day you say, Caleb, I get you and I'm weird and I, I would sleep better knowing that the house is paid off. I will respect that. My hope is that you'll have more context because I would be sleeping worse if I had my house paid off versus a 30 year mortgage. I know that that might sound clickbaity, but I'm dead serious. This is Better Wealth with Caleb Williams. Welcome back to another episode of the Better Wealth Podcast. In this segment of the Better Wealth Breakdown, we are talking about concepts, ideas, and quotes from around the world to help you live a more intentional life. And we're going to talk about a key question that you keep on getting around mortgages. And I want to give you, I want you to paint the picture because you've been taking a lot of calls re recently. We've definitely are, they're flooding in, which is really cool. Thank you so much for reaching out. We love serving you. We love answering your questions. And, and so it's been kind of alarming how many people um, are asking you the same question. So we're like, we need to do a podcast on this. Yeah, it's very interesting. Recently, a lot of people are calling in and saying, and, and they're really proud of the fact that they're paying off their house. I ask them like, what are you doing right now that you, you're feeling good about? And they're like, paying off our house as quickly as possible. We want to get rid of that debt. And me being a bull in a China shop, I want to like <laughs> say, have, do you have a copy of the end asset? Because chapter three says, which by the way, if you don't have a copy of my book, The End Asset, you're totally missing out. Make sure to go to betterwealth.com. That's betterwealth.com. Get yourself a copy of The End Asset. And uh, yeah, it's it, it, chapter three is what we're going to be talking about today. Yeah, chapter three says the most efficient way to buy a house. And so for me, I, I want to just kind of like pounce on them and be like, don't you know the math behind this? And cl clearly they don't. And that's something that we're, we're trying to get more of the message out. But they, especially right now with how low interest rates are, people are looking at not only paying off their houses as fast as possible, but also looking at refinancing. Yep. So Caleb, tell me why, why wouldn't you want to pay off your house as quickly as possible? And, and for those of you that know me, I first of all want to seek to understand, and you have gurus out there, Dave Ramsey and others that are, are encouraging people to pay off their house. Well, let's, let's ask why. Let's seek to understand where they're coming from. Uh, most, most of America spends all their money. And so paying off your house is a forced savings because you will pay the bank, you'll have more discipline to make the mortgage payment and, and if, versus if you didn't have that money, you just spend it. So in if I just want to go on record for saying, if you are going to spend the difference on stuff that depreciates and does not matter, pay for your house in cash. Want, I want to be very clear in that because I, I don't, I don't just because we, we criticize, I want to be thoughtful of the other side. I also want to be thoughtful for myself. So so just let's be clear that every decision you make has a consequence. Now, if you are disciplined, which the reality is this, if you're listening to this, there's a good chance that you have a lot more discipline than the average American, you have a lot more discipline than the average human being. Uh, then we have to ask the question, it's all about efficiency. The reason why I wrote it uh, in my book in chapter three is we're gonna, we're talking about all kinds of strategies and I want to start challenging the, the way that we think about money. And we just have this like American dream that if we you know get a good job, if we don't have any mortgage payments, like we're somehow gonna be rich. Well, and we're also seeing it, it's a very emotional decision. Huge, so emotional. And that's what I wrote up, write about in my book. I'm like, listen, at the end of the day, if you like, if you sleep better having your house paid off and like, you know the math, like I, 
I still feel obligated to share with you. But if at the end of the day you say, Caleb, I get you and I'm weird and I, I would sleep better knowing that the house is paid off, I will respect that. My hope is that you'll have more context because I would be sleeping worse if I had my house paid off versus a 30-year mortgage. I know that that might sound clickbaity, but I'm dead serious. Dead serious. I would I would much rather have a mortgage and have the difference than have my house paid off and have no money. So so essentially there's three and interrupt me, Dan. Um, you know I love to talk. <laughs> so the there's three areas that I talk about in chapter three. I talk about wealth transfers. So essentially, anytime you lose a dollar, you don't just lose that dollar, but you lose that the dollar could have earned you the rest of your life. I talk about the growth aspect, which we'll talk about opportunity costs. We all know that opportunity cost is a function of long-term and short-term, but we, we have to factor in long-term growth. And we also have to factor in the security or control because that's a lot, that's a big, that's a big uh, argument that people make. They'll say, yes, Caleb, but like, I don't want to lose the house to the bank. And so I want to be more in control of my money. Well, and that's why a lot of times I ask straight up, I, I, I'm like, why, why do you want to pay off your house? And a lot of times there's a pause and the general consensus is, well, it's debt. Yeah. Debt is bad. Debt is bad. <laughs> that's, yep. And we, again, it goes back to the math. We, it, it all depends. And it goes back, is it an emotional decision? Is it a math decision? Is it both? And what, and then there's a, sometimes a spouse dynamic where there's, right. there's some people where they really know the math and they want to do it, but then they're like, I know that my spouse is going to sleep better at night. And so yep. there's that dynamic yep. as well. And so there's, there's a multitude of reasons, um, but it goes back to what's the result that you're like, you paying off the house. What is right. that actually giving you? And another thing is this, and it's just like, I, I feel like everyone knows this, but it, it's not true because <laughs> we, we share this and people like have aha moments all the time. It's there's a difference between what you purchase and how you purchase it. For instance, buying a car, okay, you could buy a car that you can't afford. And then whether you buy it with the end asset, you buy it with the bank or you buy it with cash, it's all three areas are going to be bad. So one of the things that Dave goes back to is buy a car with cash. Uh, what he's essentially saying is buy a cheap car. Yeah. Because if you use if you use a, a bank or a credit union, you're in, you're going to end up buying a car that you can't afford. So like, there's some good principles. There's a difference though in what you purchase versus how you purchase it. I'm assuming that you've already made the decision on your house. Well, in that alone is the the current calculations of being able to do what like three times or thirty times your income, whatever the calculation yep. is. It is as Dave would say, is financial suicide. Yep. And a lot of people are buying way more house than they can they yep. can should afford like they the the math or the, the banks say that you can afford it and again, again right. it's like just because you can doesn't mean you should right so again i'm not endorsing you going and buying a house because you can i'm saying once you make a decision based on the results that you want the next the next decision is what's the most efficient way to do that so again i and, and as we talk i understand why dave ramsey has his beliefs because if you don't listen to this show if you don't read my book if you don't learn from people that are like actually thinking the whole picture you you could potentially be taking my sound bites and going and living a life that you shouldn't be living and and as a result 30 years you're not going to be better off okay so moving on i just want also to say from a pure mathematical perspective if your mortgage was at four percent dan and you were earning four percent over 30 years whether you paid cash and invested the difference or if you did 30 year mortgage and took the difference um, of, you know, you know, took the difference of you, you we're assuming that you have cash and earned the 4%, it would be the identical. So, so, and that's just using interest rates across the board. So 
if your mortgage is 4% and you can earn 4% mathematically over 30 years, the number is going to be the same. Correct. Now, what's interesting is, first of all, we have to look at um, what is we. Yeah, I mean, first of all, we have to look at the difference between the growth rate and the actual payment. So the first question I would have for you is, do you think you can earn more than 4% over the next 30 years? Now, the way that we teach, I hope the answer is yes, because we're almost giving you a pretty, pretty safe way to do that and also giving you the ability to grow on that. And if you're working with us or if you're part of our community or part of Unlimited, you're you're going to have opportunities and you're going to be thinking differently that I think are going to position you in a way that you'll way outperform 4%. Yeah, absolutely. And, and even just from interest rate perspectives, when I bought my house, I... I, I didn't know what I know now, and I wish yeah. I would have known you then, because I, I I was looking at an interest rate of like 3.625, and I was young, I was 20 years old, I didn't have much credit, and when they took, they pulled a hard credit report, it, it actually bumped my score up like mm -hmm. four points or something like that, which bumped up my interest rate to, let, let's just say like 3.75. And in my head, knowing what I know, I'm like, I cannot pay 3.75 if I had 3.625 before, because obviously yeah. that's better. Yeah. The problem was it required $9,000 more down to yeah. get that interest rate down. And mathematically, that, that was not the move to. Right. And so what Dan's saying is he gave up control of $9,000 that could be working for him that he could be using. And again, the average American could go spend that. Is it better in your, in your house? Yes, because that money would have been gone. If, you, if you're listening to this because you want better wealth, then yes, you would be better off having access to that $9,000 in a place that you can tr control. Read more than just chapter three. You might get some ideas from that. Um, so a couple things, um, potential tax benefits. Mm -hmm. There, I mean, in, in many states, depending on the house value, like you get, you can write off some of the interest, maybe all of the interest, and there's other tax benefits of having a mortgage. Just that fact alone, now it's giving you more benefit even if you're just earning four percent interest if you can deduct some of the cost now you're ahead even earning four percent over the next 30 years yeah it's amazing um let's let's look at the house value a lot of people will say you know because a house is appreciating or you know this this is such a bad argument appreciation or depreciation should not should not factor in on how you pay for something again it goes back to should you afford it or not should you buy a fifty thousand dollar car that's going to depreciate the answer is yes, then how you pay for it needs to be how efficient you can go. And so just because a house appreciates or depreciates does not factor at all on how you pay for it. Um, inflation, it's interesting. Um, it's If your mortgage payment was like $1,189, that's the example I had in the book, and assuming a 2% inflation rate, which we know that it could be a lot higher, um, 15 years in, that $1,000, $189 would actually have a buying power of $883. Yeah, that's powerful. And and we know now that the the average inflation rate is actually 3.22%. Yeah. So it's even worse. Yeah. And over 30 years at a 2% inflation rate, that's $656, meaning that your dollars are getting less and less valuable. And so you're able to live in a house that's worth X, but pay for it with depreciating Dollars. Yeah, and I think we all have stories of that of of our parents or grandparents saying that they bought a house for twenty thousand dollars or fifty thousand dollars, and and it's also a lot of it comes down to geography, and I think people are skewing reality by looking at the coasts right now, especially the west coast of how crazy real estate is going, and people who bought a house 10, 15 years ago and are flipping it for eight, nine hundred thousand more or a million more, whatever it may be, and it's like, well, obviously real estate's amazing because because of that, 
But then you go look at Midwestern states and things are pretty stagnant or, you know, maybe that small, small growth. And, and some are deep, like are actually falling in value. So yep. it all depends. Um, the next the next part is one of my favorites, opportunity costs. And opportunity costs is essentially what can you do with that money long term and in the short term? Part of the and asset is giving your dollars multiple jobs. I, again, I just think in an abundance, it's like there's there's amazing things that you can do. And if you're you look look at me and say that you can't create more value than 4% over the next 30 years, um, we might have some issues. <laughs> well, in the current environment of, of refinancing, it's like, especially with COVID, people people are refinancing at an alarming rate. Yeah, It's like well over 100% increase in the amount of refinances that are happening. And that too is, is the opportunity cost in many different factors of people are seeing, okay, I can get a lower interest rate. Well, if your closing costs are, yeah. are, yep. are a lot of money, and your interest rate drop really wasn't that much, it may not actually make sense to do that. Yep. And or if you actually do take the refinance and get cash out, what are most people going to do? Spending it. They're going to spend it. And there's a huge opportunity cost to that because now you, you do have a large chunk of money that you could put to work for you. And there, there's just a lot of opportunities with that. And so uh, especially right now with all the refinancing that's going on, if you're getting a large chunk, chunk of cash out, be mindful of what you're doing with that. Because a lot of people are are buying a new car or yeah. you know, whatever, going back to that discretionary income, and they're, they're spending it on things. And so I've talked about this a lot. What's your thoughts on security? Because a lot of people say, well, okay, I get the math, I get the math, I get the math. I feel like I'm more safe if I pay off my house or if pay off my house quicker. How would you answer that? I, I, I'm not sure that that's true because... It's definitely not. I put, I'm putting you on the spot, I know. But. And I'm going to get crushed here, but... Yeah, I know. I'm blanking right now. Okay, so essentially this is your house, like the more you pay, every payment you make, the bank is more incentivized to foreclose on you. Because again, think about it from the bank's perspective. It's like they don't want a house that's, that has no equity in it because they're going to lose money on the deal. But if you have 25 years of, of payments and you can't make the payment, then they will foreclose on the house and make a killing. Okay, so that's like the big core philosophy when it comes to risk management. And when you're saving saving for the future, whatever, and let's say you get disabled or something happens to you or you lose your job, i.e. corona, okay, there's things that happen. Um, what, what would you rather have? Would you have, rather have money in a retirement account, an and asset, a savings account, access, or have an aggressive loan payment or have all your money tied up in a bank? Let's assume you paid cash. This is ma mainly for the people that are paying 15-year mortgages, knocking it down. You're stuck in this area. You you have no income. Something cra crazy's happened to you. That's like a terrible time to renegotiate. Yeah. Like how not to negotiate is have no job, be disabled, and go into a bank that really doesn't care about you. It's it's said that banks love loaning money to people that don't need it. And so it's just all about okay. If we're thinking about risk management, even if you had cash to pay for that that house in in full, and then something happens to you. Do you really think they're going to give you a, a, a refinance? And a refinance, by the way, is just getting money, like it's like taking a, an asset or a house and and using uh, a bank to take that money out, and then you have that mortgage again. They love doing that when you, people have income. So it's just it's just again, it's taking a step back and say, I know you feel better when you have no mortgage payment. We have to we have to uh, divorce ourselves from this idea that the payment is bad. We have to look at our whole household economy, as Jeremy talks about it and say, what is the best way that I can be more in control, have money grow the rest of my life, and um, be more secure? And it's just, it's just very, very evident that the 
paying off your house is a very emotional decision. And in most cases, I'll say most, in most cases, it's it's not logical. It puts you farther behind, gives you less control, and you're not going to have more money in the next 30 years. If you follow that advice, the only reason you would is if you're not disciplined, you're spending the difference. And then if your house is the largest asset when you hit retirement, we might have bigger issues. Yeah. And, and I, I always I point to the example in the book of a $250,000 house over 30 years if, if you paid 4% or you earned 4%. And I love asking the question of, would you be willing to pay $178,000 of interest to earn $535,000? Yep. And a lot of times, again, there's a pause and it's like, well, yeah, that, that makes sense. And so it, it, it's like, okay, let's, let's look at the math. And when, once you start looking at bigger dollar amounts, that gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And right now there, there's a, it goes back to, there's a lot of opportunities, whether it's a cash out refi, whether it's uh, doing a cash out and increasing to a 30 year mortgage. It, yep. it goes back to, again, pr uh, principle two, efficiency. Yep. Be, be efficient. Uh, please share this episode. We we know that this is a hot topic. We know that a lot of people are going to download this. So if you're listening to uh, the Better Wealth Podcast for the first time on, on iTunes, reviewing our podcast would mean the world. Um, and so thank you. If you're watching this on YouTube, thank you. Uh, leaving reviews. We, are, we, we read every comment and we love when people thumb up the video because it just helps people know that we exist, that we're coming out with content. And again, Better Wealth, we're all about intentional living. The reason why we get so fired up about money is we know if we get your money thing figured out, you can get your life figured out in a better way. You can have a greater impact on other people's lives. We've seen it at a micro level because in, in reality, like we're still very small, 13 people. Yes, we're almost in all 50 states, which is, which is exciting, but like we want to impact a million people in the next five years. And so we know that information like this is vital. So thank you so much, Dan. And I appreciate always the ability to share, especially from topics that I'm really passionate about. My pleasure. Thank you so much for listening to the Better Wealth Podcast. It would mean the world to me if you could hit subscribe, leave a review, and share this with the people that you know and love.